Yeah. Yo. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sorta of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty six, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up? What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, Jimmy the Blueprint, my Eric Sermon to my Parrish Smith, JDMD up in this biatch. <laughs> but yo, the boy D. Austin is, uh, <laughs> he got to stay getting that paper. So me and the Blueprint going to talk our ish for a couple of hours. So get your popcorn ready, relax, keep it locked right here in the war room. If you want to get in on the conversation, make sure you sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. And you can join us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you can also call us directly in about five minutes uh, when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, like we always do in our open we got to remind you guys, when we're not live on the air, make sure y'all remember to check out archive episodes of our show. You can do that on our network at worldroomsports.com, uh, the Worldroom Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do your podcast listening, we are sure to be there. What up, Aki, man? How was, uh, how was, how was your trip? Oh man, listen, it was it was beautiful weather, nice and warm, and now I'm back and it's fucking, it's about to snow out this joint. <laughs> I sound like a fresh Mom, Dad, how was that trip? <laughs> yo youngsters don't know. East Coast East Coast winters is a beast, yo. Yeah, definitely are. But and I mean it, it's even worse when you, you do something like what you did. You go out to paradise and then you come back to this. Like you forget about it for a week and then Come back like damn, it's stupid. But no, winters here like you kind of forget how cold cold is until the winter rolls back around you. I know that sounds weird, but it's like man, listen. Since it's just one season where it's just completely brick, like all throughout the year, you actually forget. Like you talk about the winter coming up, you talk about this, and then when it comes, you're like, damn, I don't remember it being like this. But it always has. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the same thing applies for the heat. Like right now, we ain't thinking about how to get when it get really hot. Right, right. I think it's the same thing because people will be like, "Man, it's cold out here, man. I can't wait till the summertime. Summertime come and be like 102, and and then like feel like 115 with the humidity, and then everybody complaining. So I can't wait till it's cold out. So that's one thing you get on the East Coast, boy. You get all four seasons. So stop bitching, mm-hmm. <laughs> live it up. But yeah, man, Wait, let's let's we're gonna get right into it this evening. Again, shout out to the homie B Austin. He'll be back with us uh, next week. He on his out of state trip right now, um, doing what he do. So look, 
We're going to talk some hot topics. Hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. If you want, if you guys want to make some bread, sports betting in my bookie. Look, the NFL is in the stretch run. NBA crossing the quarter pole. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time for you to do it. Get down and lay down. You can lay down some cheese on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you guys are tired of getting burnt when it's time to collect on your bets, whether you're doing it through a service or you're doing it through your, your raggedy-ass homies, that's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay out fast, no hassles. You waste your time sports betting anywhere else, especially in the barbershop. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. And I know, you know, for a lot of people out there, getting paid is the primary thing in life. I think I'm past that point in my life, Jim, but... You know, it's, it's still somewhere in the top five. Um, shout out to Neil in the <laughs> chat room. Good evening to you as well. Neil, look, right, real quick. Good. <laughs> college football. We don't have uh, Fred Purdue on with us, so, you know, we're not going to get too in-depth with this. But the Heisman finalists have been announced. Um, they consist of LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, uh, Oklahoma quarterback, and former Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, and defensive end from Ohio State as well, Chase Young. Uh, those are your four Heisman Trophy finalists. It's over. Uh, <laughs> who you got, Jim? Listen, man, it's over with, doggy. Joe Burrow got it's the a one horse race. I mean, yeah, man, he, he he got the psyched up videos. He got you know uh, he got a couple mom spaghetti moments. This is over. But salute yeah. to Chase Young, though. I'm a, I always find it impressive when defensive players, uh, you know, make the final list because, to me, that's just uber impressive. Right. And, I mean, and the thing is, he, he is really that good. As a matter of fact, out of all of the four, he's probably the best football player of all of the four. But they, you know, you know what what this usually is. This is usually yeah. a quarterback uh, award. So, just throwing him, Chase Young, in there, that's just a sign of of respect. At the same time, we all know it's a throw-in. Um, as far as the quarterbacks go, the most talent probably lies um, in Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields as well. But like you said, there's really no denying that Joe Burrow had the best season out of everybody involved with some of the moments that he had, some of the big wins that he led LSU to. The fact that they're now the number one team going into uh, the playoff scenario and, you know, with Alabama out of the mix, have a good chance of hoisting that trophy in a few weeks. Um, but we'll can see we how that about, goes. Can we talk about how Alabama is overrated? Because, like, they're supposed to win it pretty much every year. Um, <laughs> you know, like, they're the favorite every year, every uh, what, what do they call it? The Alabama Invitational, the Roll Tide Invitational, whatever the jabronis call it. Fact is, overrated. 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 <laughs> yeah, Tobias, I know you listening somewhere. Yeah, I said it, but I mean, we got we got to start acknowledging that, man. 
Yeah. I mean, all good things must come to an end. I still think, you know, as long as Saban is there, they're always going to have the cream of the crop to pick from as far as recruiting every year. So they can pretty much reload and be in the mix every year. The only thing yeah, about next the season, the, the, the only thing about next win. season, though, Jim, they've never, wherever they're going to start from next season, they haven't started that far behind the eight ball in a long time. They usually come in whether they win the championship or not. If they go to the championship game, they usually come in as the number one team in the nation. Now, it's still Alabama. They still have the great recruiting classes, so I really doubt that they're going to drop them so far out that they're not going to be able to compete for a national championship. So as much as we're saying this, they'll probably come in next season at, like, number four. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, LSU and Ohio State, like, look amazing. But, like, right. I'm interested to see how Clemson plays in the postseason because um, – if Clemson can somehow like pull this off, then we gotta start, you know, we gotta start Putting giving some them spec on their name. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Put some spec on their name, man. You done or you finish. All right, um, all right. Before we get into, we got some, you know, some some NFL stories, man. Patriots added again. Let's go to the phone lines. We got some early calls. I see the homie Rob and Cali. He made sure he jumped in there first this evening. So we're going to go out to California with this one. Rob, what's going on? Welcome to the War Room, bro. Yo, what's up, man? I mean, well, what's up? How y'all doing? Dang, I wasn't expecting to get on, man. It's early. What's good, man? How y'all doing? Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we we usually have a segment right when we start. But since, you know, we don't have a segment, we went right to the phone lines. We saw that you were waiting from the jump a little earlier. See, what what you usually do, you call us. Way late in the show. <laughs> so so it, it's good that you got in early this time. What's up, man? What you want to talk about? Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. That's cool. First of all, first of all, shout out to shout, shout to Jimmy. Good, good hearing for you, brother. Everybody, go get Jimmy's book. You know what I mean? Um, I got real. I'm about to read about to read after the semester, you know what I'm saying? Uh, even though you may not agree with some things, he does have some good points, you know. Uh, like, like, yeah, as far as like, uh, I don't agree with that bullshit, but no, 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 no. I mean, some of the stuff like how he doesn't want to meet his heroes in person, he doesn't trust everyone, yeah, trust God with Jer- he know he never yeah. really want to trust God to a light skin with Jerry Curls, you know, you know, that's an inside, that's an inside joke, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yo, and, uh, See, yeah, but that's and, the kind of sentiment. The first one you said, never, you know, never want to meet your heroes in person. That's the sentiment of a non Dakita Koloff because some dudes don't care. Like you can meet your hero, he could treat you like a straight a hole, and it don't matter. But when you grew up loving something like sports, maybe hip hop, and you have quote unquote heroes, you know, it's, it's hard for us to even call people that, but we'll acknowledge it. If you have heroes. See, the fact that his sentiment is never meet them is basically him telling you, even though I rooted for this person my whole life, he come out of line, he get out of line, he can get knocked out too. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't think that. Like, a lot of people just take it and keep on going. But, you know, for no, me, no. MJ, AI, you know, even Doc. I don't, Doc I don't. Everybody can I don't, get these hands I, if they come off the wrong way. I don't. 
I know. I heard. I heard. I'm gonna jump to talk about. But I heard you got into an AI over a podcast stage, you know. But I think that's yeah, that was me. I was coming from a game where I was cheering for the dude. We ended up at the same restaurant. Yo, he paid to see him play. He paid to see him play. Then won the boxing. No, I mean, I mean, respect is respect. Like you know, I paid some good ticket money. You know, I mean, we might have even came here because we knew it was going to be lit because this is where you hang out. But then, you know, you, that that's how you repay me in the in the parking lot. Like, okay, go. But dude, you were talking faces, man. Every encounter is different. Every encounter is different. Because one time he was a little too talkative in the bathroom. I'm like, all right, that's not really where you want to be all having conversations. So it's like, well, all right, well, like, well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm about to say you be you be cool if Kobe was standing in the stall. Ah, <laughs> yo, that's man law, dog. No, 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 that's that's. First of all, Jimmy, you've been to the to the to the TGI Friday on City Line. Ah, yes, sir. Like the bathroom is big. It's like two stalls, and I mean, it's like two yeah. urinals in a, a little stall. That's too close. Like, listen, man. We can talk. I when not, I, listen, like, Rob, man, I'm going to keep this PG, but when I got my peace out, I ain't trying to talk to no other man. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, right, right. I feel, I'm like, Derek, I feel, can, you, I, can we do I, this I, out I in the restaurant? I, I, I think that is that is man love, but I'm surprised that he was talking to you while talking to him in the bathroom. It's usually the other way around when it comes to celebrities, you know what I'm saying? No, that, no, no that's, that's true. That's true as well, but I don't know. how many drinks he had, too. What's up, Playboy? I'm like, I don't want to be a Playboy like Jimmy said while my piece is out. Like, come on, man. <laughs> if we ain't in the mansion, don't what's up, Playboy me while my piece is out. If we're yeah, not in the, the mansion. Don't call me Playboy when my piece is out. I'm going to change I do that, I do want to ask you this. Like, um, what what do you think about Charles Barkley's comment or Shaq's comments on the way big men are played? They're not as intense as they were before. Do you think it has to do with the culture is today? Do you think it's just an old time of just not getting in touch with the culture today? Or do you think, like, um, that it's just the way the game is played? Like, I, 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 think, I think because Shaq kind of uh, – Kind of said this before, so like, because he said it's not like big man disappeared, it's just that we evolved. Like, you know, like you see, like, um, yeah, a I mean, everything plays a little bit of a part in that because we were talking about it today in the chat, and I was telling, I think I was telling Tobias, like, you know, Barkley and Shaq are never going to be the type of dudes, you know, they're kind of old school like me, they're never going to be the type of dudes that's just going to totally give up on the big man with his back to the basket. They, they're going to think it's always a primary place for that in the game. Me, I don't know if it's primary. I mean, because I can not like it, but I can understand the changes and where the game is going. But like them, I will never, igno- never not acknowledge the value in having a big man like that. Um, so I just think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that they were saying, it was, it was, it was based in their era and how things happen and how even now, if some, if some of these big dudes with that kind of talent would play like that and be more aggressive, 
they might be a little bit more successful. But, you know, analytics tells everybody different things. So big men are playing different ways these ways, and it makes them look a bit soft. I can, you know, and especially in the eyes of two legends who, whose game was predicated on being aggressive and, and <laughs> damn near hurting people. So, but I mean, and, but you know, just I get I get both sides of this argument, Rob. So his skill set is is different. The game has changed. It's a completely different game. But I do yeah. get some of their points about his aggressiveness and how he came out. Um, you know, right? And they were talking about Joker this, too. But the and B yeah, just they, and they and they, they, they just too. like they that. And I agree. I agree with the sentiment on both ends because mm-hmm. this is a big time game. I've seen cats like you know. Don't don't go so hard. But when you have a, a a game against someone who could be probably a, a competition for the finals, you want to like you know make your presence felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they and they actually use the analogy or the uh, comparison during that segment when they talked about like when the Clippers in Milwaukee played. Um, Greek got his bag. He's like, Yo, you know what, know I'm here. You, you but know that's why? a bad comparison. Cause Greek is always in his bag though. Right. But you know what? Because I, I agree with you where where I can say I understood where they were coming from. I just think they, I just think they it was like the wrong time because they were using the actual game that they were doing the highlights for, and it didn't really match up completely with the conversation because actually on Joel Embiid's side of things, he was actually on the block that evening more than he usually is. Like, he wasn't out launching threes like he usually does. He was on the block, and while they were they were commentating while the highlights were on, and they were saying stuff like, well, because he didn't back him down in this situation, it shows that they don't want it. Like, one, one highlight they were uh, commentating on was Joel got the ball in the post, faced up, shot a, you know, a short jump shot from the block on, on, on Joe Kick, and they were saying how, see, he doesn't want it and the shots are going in and they're not shooting long distance three pointers or anything like that. So I'm like, all right, when you're doing it in that particular situation, like, cause maybe your sentiments are coming from an overall view. And this is just the conversation you're already always ready to have on these big men. But when you're watching a clip and you're talking about the clip and they're scoring and they're scoring from inside, you're kind of wondering like, Yo, why are they talking no, about I this? I get that. I get that. Right and I, was, I was speaking, and I guess because I watch, I watch a lot of their games. I was talking about their overall game, not necessarily that specific game, but even in that specific yeah. game. No, and that's what I'm saying. I understand um, more in that situation, but they were commentating like, "He don't want it." Swash. He don't want I it. I'm mean, like, yo, because even in that, I mean, game, like, I mean, Joel, Joel was phase up where he's like sleepwalking, and mm-hmm. he, in that game, he had got like an and one and start going crazy. That's like the most energy he showed the entire night. I'm like. And it was him talking trash. So it was a turnover machine. And and, and Kenny said something interesting. Kenny was like, although the way Kenny said it was kind of trash, he said uh, he doesn't understand whether Joel loves the fruits of the labor or the actual labor. Like, I was like, who likes labor? But anyway, he said, um, (laughs) what he was trying to say basically is the boy likes to be a star. He likes to, you know, likes to be the big name in the NBA, but he ain't ain't really even ready to put that work in. He's not. He's not. He's not. He could. I mean, I remember one time, a couple times, we call him Young Legend, and I remember there was a couple games, he put up stupid stats. I was like, yo, he's really going to be something. But, I mean, 
You know, I mean, I mean, like Tom Drake will tell. Said, Tom will tell. I like his tri- response. Tri- tri- his response was, I, mean, I could have been I mean, more aggressive, right? So now, he, he, now he has a national game with all this stuff that happened. Let's see how he performs. This will tell me a lot. Uh, not not necessarily his stat line, but how he comes out to play. Because you know, you've been somewhat the talk of sports media, and you have a national game against like one of the better teams in your conference. So what are you going to do? It's your mom's spaghetti moment. I mean, I mean, but but I, I'm not I, I'm not gonna go. I'm not going to critique his game, take it outside shots as I would critique Anthony Davis because John B is injury prone. So him taking outside shots or showing things, hey, you know, he can't bang anymore time because he'll get hurt a lot. So I'm not going to critique that. Like, like I have no problem with him just taking the shots. Uh, when did John ever got hurt banging, though? When did he ever got hurt banging? He's injury prone, definitely. He's injury prone. Still, he's still injury prone, Dev. Uh, I, I, I mean, on, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. He had the big injury that he came in with and missed a lot of games. The rest of it was them managing him in this, in this time that we manage people. The first year he came back from that, like they shut him down. He wasn't hurt when they shut him down. They shut him down because they were oh, garbage yeah. that year. The next year he Pretty came much. back. Yeah, the next year he came back. They went to the playoffs. He had. A small injury at the end of the season that he could have played with, but they shut him down to get him ready for the playoffs. So it's different from being injury prone than being managed because you came into the league with a big injury. It's not like he just gets hurt all the time. And even the but games that he takes out, like sometimes on back to back, they're just managing dude. Yeah, but I, I don't even, I don't even like put any stock in that. Like if you out there, you out there. The whole idea of someone being injury prone is a joke to me. Like. So you're going to shoot threes all the time because, you know, you don't want to get hurt? Like, come on, man. Right. That's, you know that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, none of the injuries ever came from banging, so his ass should be down there banging. Oh. <laughs> Anthony Davis be knocking it. Anthony funny. Davis be cooking. I don't know what you're talking about with Anthony Davis. He's cooking right now. What's wrong with you, man? He, he, I mean, he cooking because he he can because I think because he grew in, he grew into that position, you know, because he, he does have handles. Uh, Yo. You know what, Rob? Another thing about you, it's no, it's no pleasing you, man. Like, yo, the Lakers <laughs> can be undefeated right now, and you would still have a problem with something. You gotta no. Like, all, all the teams I, you like, all the teams you like, you like to complain about them. No, what, 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 what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What you, you want me to say? I want say you to say they got all, the best record the... in the league right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, it, it's crazy. Maybe it's like osmosis. He roots for the Eagles, so he he automatically he he just became a Philly fan. Not necessarily no. rooting for Philly teams, but he has a no, Philly the fan mindset. The Eagles won the bowl. The Eagles won the and bowl, and in front of the very like next season, one. Rob was like, "Yo, we need receivers. We need to trade for this. Our quarterback <laughs> is trash. Our quarterback's trash." Like, yo, it's yo, pleasing, Rob. Yo, we need a defensive coordinator. Oh, and they still are trash, and I still was. Right. I mean, yo, it's no I mean, pleasing I, you, cuz. I think I think I, I think I think Tobias said it best, and I can't be on calling his country ass. He said it best. He said, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, he said he said excuse my language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dev. He said um, no, he said he said uh, um, the, like like teams like the Yankees, Bama, Lakers. It, there's no there's no satisfaction until you win a Super Bowl, until you win a championship. So I think that's it, man. I think that's just it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean I the first of all, like, I, I, like I you're, you're you're spoiled, you're entitled. 
besides I mean, because you think about the people that you root for besides the Eagles, like you 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 spoil. Even though you're a Dodger fan, even, right? Even the really Eagles won. The Eagles, yeah. the Eagles have won more recently than the Lakers, and when the Eagles won, Rob still wanted to fire everybody. <laughs> I, I didn't want to fire anybody, but I was still saying we I, like I want to get better. Okay, you gotta remember, like um, yo, they won the chip. How much better you want to get? You gotta remember, like when I was growing up, my dad is. Uh, I trash from New York right. a lot. Were you really expecting a dynasty, man? Like tell the truth. Were you expecting a I don't See, that's the only thing. I, I, I that's the only thing the that, that separates us as Eagles fans and and Philly fans because a lot of us we've been suffering so long waiting for the Eagles to win one. Like they got a little grace period before you know we about to jump ship and complain and like I'm cool right now, man. I know they trash and it's I'm alright with it, man. I'm cool. <laughs> I, I'm I'm now cool right now, but. Here's why I got, a, over. Oh, cool. I got on a Super Bowl <laughs> champion shirt right now as I do the show. Like, I'm cool, man. I'm, <laughs> there for a while. <laughs> I'm still basking. <laughs> I mean, I, I am cool. Okay, there's only a couple things I ain't cool with. I ain't cool with Villanova stealing the um uh the championship from the UNC. Duke playing the, <laughs> playing the refs. I ain't go, I'm never oh, going to be cool with that on the rematch. Paid the rest. I'm, never, I'm never gonna be cool with that. Well, other than that, man, I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Yes, I am cool. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not crazy. I'm not EDP crazy. Like I'm gonna break. I, that's break funny because that's that's just the name I was thinking of. I'm like maybe Rob trying to build his social media following so he can get on his EDP. Because yeah. I've always told you, I don't really think dude is a real Eagles fan. I think he found his shtick. Because I, I think he's in the whatever he's money in the dude makes from the internet, he makes it from the misery of his so-called team. Right. Come on. So he needs the Eagles to be trash to do what he does. He needs the Eagles to do dumb stuff so he can get on the internet and slam things around and curse. And get paid for his views. So I'm like, I'm like, yo, here's I'm the thing, though, Dad. Yo, really you know what though? Friend. I think I think you might be partially right, but I think there's something else too. Though, like, I think there's it's probably something psychological because I even talking to people who don't like aren't on social media like him or whatever who are Eagles fans. Some of them, like some sports fans, like relish in being miserable about their team. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they don't even know how to deal with winning. Sports They'd rather magic. complain. <laughs> yes, it's it's weird, and it's a lot of Eagles fans like that. Like, who, and, you no, know what? Though, so right, they're not alone. So we fans, they even got we got like so that. so used to coming close and not being able to get over the hump. And the funny thing about that Super Bowl in February 2018 looked like it was going to be the exact same thing when the Patriots came back late and took that lead. I know, like everybody, you know, now that they won. Everybody gonna sit here and act like they were confident, like, oh no, we had that. Everybody know at that particular moment, uh, it probably was a collective gasp of all Eagles fans, like, here we go again, and <laughs> we gonna leave this joint without a win. And they were able to come up with it. All right, man. Wait, 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 wait. What game you talking about? I'm talking about the Super Bowl when the when the Patriots oh, that... took the lead in the fourth quarter. I'm like, yeah, if there's an Eagles true. fan out there, if there's a Philly fan, especially an Eagles fan from Philly, that can say at that moment they weren't like, 
here we go again, coming close with no prize. Like they lying. <laughs> I was because that's just I, what I was happened. Ner- and I said, I was ner- I was nervous. I was nervous, and I was a uh, man. I, I I was nervous, and I really, really, man. The, the butter plus, plus you're in a shootout with Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. Did you really think Nick Foles was going to be the one to outlast? <laughs> Nick Foles, you Did you not think he was going to fold before Tom Brady? If somebody was going to fold. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I was rooting for Nick as much as because, of course he, you because I'm, I'm, I'm a team. I mean, I mean, I mean, don't even say that. Jimmy, nothing he better about. say, as much as I didn't believe in him, I was rooting for him. <laughs> no, no, I, I as think, much as I, I think, told I think, y'all that he was trash, I was rooting for him. I know that. I think, I think you, you, you know, I think us, us as sports fans, we have to just accept our differences and just, you know, we can have differences and still be a fan of the team instead of being like, image like an EP. Like, you know, I thought, I thought I don't defend him anymore. I thought McNabb was like one of the best quarterbacks the Eagles ever had. No, it's Carson Wentz. He is one of the best quarterbacks the Eagles ever had. That ain't hard to be in there, but still. (laughs) Yeah, they like the Eagles. We ain't got a a long list of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That ain't hard to be. Yeah, yeah, you ain't talking about the Niners or the the Niners or the the Colts or something like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we give you that. Even if we thought he was overrated, he was still one of the best quarterbacks the Eagles ever had. Yeah, yeah, but that's what the arguments are. But here's the thing: now that we are on Super Bowl, I don't care what y'all could say. McNabb, Mister McNasty, did this, that, this, that. You know, I wouldn't I, care either I, because we supposed to be rooting for the name on the front of the jersey. Supposed to be. I mean, you could do what you want, but you know, yeah. I, I'm an Eagles fan. I, I, know. I can care less. <laughs> like at this point. I know it's not true in the least, but at this point, <laughs> Nick Foles is the greatest quarterback the Eagles ever had. Shit ain't true. Carson Wentz is. <laughs> no, Carson Wentz is. The, gen, the ginger Jesus is the best quarterback. It's going to be the best. It is the best quarterback we ever had, and it's going to be the best quarterback we ever had. He's great. Yeah, he can, I'm not ready to say that yet, but we'll see how it plays oh, out. But, oh, right, we got to go. Man. He, we, he needs how help. Is he needs help. I, all right, man. Peace. Free Cuba Goon all right, Jr. Cuz. All right, man. Peace. All right. Yeah, free right, that, bro. What happened to him? I don't even know what happened to Cuba Goon Jr. Me <laughs> free him anyway. That's what we do as Negroes. All right. Um, we got Tobias calling in from Arizona. <laughs> what up, Tobias? Roll damn tired. What happened to Cuba Goon Jr.? <laughs> hey, all I got to say is that uh, when Alabama play that Citrus Bowl, I'll probably still be asleep. Uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, the Citrus Bowl, oh joy. Uh, you know, I'm still and waiting for somebody to tell me what happened to Cuba Gooden Jr. He didn't get a, a barbershop cameo and coming to America too. What happened? Hey, I hey, I know one thing. Oh no, a lot, a lot, a lot of Alabama players gonna pull that Kawhi Leonard and sit out that bowl game. It'll it'll load manage, you know. And, and shout out to Kawhi for actually playing last night. Good, good looking out, Kawhi. Thank you. But uh. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, he had to play on. He Alex. had to play on ring night. I bet yeah. you he wouldn't have if he wasn't getting his ring. He wouldn't have played. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, thing is, like, I don't know if it's Alabama, all this stuff, right? Here's the thing. If and I got to do my hashtag. Let's be honest here. 
if losing by five to number one against LSU, guy who went in the Heisman, is going to go number one to the Bengals, good luck to that, Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> like, you're going to get your come up in <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also, you lose at Auburn with your backup quarterback and threw two pick sixes in Alabama, kicker missing a field goal. You know, things happen in life. Death, taxes, and Alabama missing field goals. And you lose by three. And that's falling off. I don't know what the hell to tell these national media guys who are looking for a hot take. Just because they, their love child Clemson plays in the NFC East right now, uh, college football. That, uh, <laughs> but guess it, what, though? That, like, that, that you, can't, you, you can't use that excuse no more because it, it, you still got to play it at the end of the day is a playoff now. So you can play you can play lowly competition all you want to, but eventually you want to play somebody. But 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 like this, Clemson the freshest team I've ever seen in my life. No bank, no nagging injuries. See what happens is you're not you're not going against teams that can match you physically. And uh now they have a great program. I still think that coach will see how good he is really when he starts losing his top assistance. Because that's always I mean, judgment. I saw what they did to Alabama when it all when it all mattered. Well, hell, the, Girl Scout. Well, hell, Alabama beat them twice. It was all a matter. And it made Dabo say, we got to get, uh, you know, Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. It's two to two. But Listen, people man. act like Clemson won five straight. No, it's not about winning five straight. It's about it's about what you what have you done for me lately. And it's about when they played y'all, that was like, you know, that was it's kind of it was kind of nasty what they did to y'all, man. You got to admit well, that. Hell, like, even, that wasn't, well, hell, even the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then. But, well, that, um, ga- that game was over in the first quarter. Like, what was the final score, like 50 to 16 or something like that? Yeah, you know, because you keep talking about it. I'm surprised you ain't wearing a Clemson <laughs> shirt right now. But, uh, Listen, man, all I'm, saying, all, I'm saying is, year. all I'm saying is <laughs> they had 31 points at halftime. Y'all scored 16 on the whole game. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Though. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is that it's just like – not came back out. Yeah, that would have been nice, but uh, would would save me a t- ticket from going that game. But the thing is, is you know, people yeah, it don't always go to sixteen. I wouldn't check. Yeah, okay, forty-four sixteen. All right, but I know at know, halftime they had more than sixteen though. Yeah, you know, since since, since light skin Fred ain't coming through today, you know, I say this. Uh, LSU. All right, the quarterback going Joe Burrow. What's next after that? Uh, Ohio State always is a good program, great program. Clemson's going to be up there. All I heard all year was how Georgia was coming, how great Georgia is. Jake Fromm looking like the white Teddy Bridgewater out there, uh, you know. And, uh, but these teams always recruited well. All these teams, it's not like Alabama's recruiting this higher level and everyone got like youth league players. I just think that a lot of tiny national media people just come out with these stupid hot takes like they Nick Wright or something who said James Harden, the best op player, never won the title, like he never seen Barkley play basketball. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, thing is. Barkley, Ewan, Lone. At some point, though, <laughs> we got to put some speck on James Harden's name, whether we like his game or not. Hey, dude, well, hey. You know what James Harden reminds me of? The dude that talks to 20 girls in a bar to one say, yeah, you can say, but I pulled one, though. That's what he reminds me of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, know, I've heard man. several people say James Harden, first, they were going with the 90 number. Then I heard Jason Williams say he got Harden scoring 100 this year. 
And he even said the game. I forgot the date, but he said it's going to be versus the, the Washington Wizards. Because the Wizards, Damn. you know the Wizards, they play a fast pace. They score a lot, but they don't play a lick of defense. So he thinks the pace of that game is going to lend itself to James Harden uh, putting up 100. Um, I, y'all, y'all see that happening? I, I see him. I think, I think Kobe's second place 80, because that's the thing. People keep talking about, you know, breaking Kobe's like Kobe doesn't have the highest scoring game. So I, I, that's going down. Like I think at some point he's going to have at least an 82, 83 point game. I think that's going to go down. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but this season he has the best chance to do it. But a hundred, no, but, but, but you know what though? Like his, his, his PER, like his overall offensive game is just, is just somewhere else right now. Um, he still can't play defense, but um, the crazy try. part is save his energy. <laughs> but here's the thing, though: the crazy part is half of the league has went that way. We used to joke about him maybe four or five years ago about how good he was offensively and how he didn't play defense. But that's like the whole league now. Right. So I, it doesn't even it doesn't stand out as much because ain't nobody playing defense. Yeah, you and know, it's like I everybody understand. everybody averages like twenty eight to thirty two points a game. <laughs> yeah, cause I, I don't understand yeah. analytics in this regard. They say he's so efficient. Dude was like forty three percent from the field. <laughs> you know how is that efficient? You know, and like because he, you know what? Because he's because he's averaging forty. So even if you're averaging forty and you're not shooting fifty percent, they're still gonna look at that. Look at that as efficiency. The thing is, it's you know, it's only efficient. I'm about to say it's only efficient because of the way the NBA scores um, games. And that goes for everybody. Like, even the greatest, uh, you know, efficient players like the LeBrons and everybody. LeBron is I mean, very if you shoot yeah. a shot and you get fouled and you don't make the shot, they're not counting that as a, a shot attempt. When all actuality, it was a shot attempt because if you made it, then they were going to count it. So, you know, it's always that little – that little well, benefit efficiency in there, numbers. And he goes to the line but a million times. Though, he, he, but Mike, but you know what though? Like, and, and, and Mike used to do that too. Mike and Dominique, as a matter of fact, Dominique got known as being a volume shooter, which is ice to crack up because he was one of the first guys I heard with that label. He's a volume shooter. But um, mm-hmm. Mike used to do that too. If you look at all the all-time like uh, efficient years in the NBA, um, when Jordan is up there, he was also you know getting to the line a lot. I, and I know people don't like the way Harden plays, and it is, it is all the best scores. He's out there, yeah, he's out there watching all kinds of crazy. But what he's doing is still impressive, cause like the boy has three games, sixty-five, fifty-five, fifty. Like that's that's it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Giannis going to the, the line almost eleven times a game. Harden's at fourteen. You know what? I'm actually going. Hey, I'm actually going to go. Uh, hate on the on the people who hate Kobe so much. If Kobe did this, everybody would be crying, talking about how he made Steve Nash stay in the corner, but James Harden had Chris Paul stay in the corner. <laughs> you know? It's it just like, if you... It, you no, know, people, I, people I, hate Harden, too, though. People hate yeah, Harden. Nobody really... They do now. Yeah, people hate Harden. But, uh, yeah, and, and I think it's more because Houston always cry about the refs. They're like, dude, you shoot like 15 free throws a game. <laughs> you know, I think and that's part of yeah. And half of those, and you know half, of those half of those free throws don't be on legit fouls, either. He's just learned. He's mastered, you know, tricking the refs. 
And if it worked, hey. So everybody, it, it, everybody hates everybody in the NBA. All the great players are hated, with the exception of Giannis. There's only one person. Only court hates Giannis. Everybody else likes Giannis, but everybody's a threat. Don't nobody like. Don't, don't nobody like. Don't nobody like Russ. Don't nobody don't like Harden. Don't nobody like KD. Everybody hate everybody. Zach Levine. <laughs> Okay, about Max that. Zach, oh. baby, Max Zach. I cannot stand him, man. But uh, Max yeah, Zach. I don't think he. Be, I don't think he gives Zach enough credit. I mean, he need to learn how to, you know, pass the ball in the end of the game. But somebody told him like you, you one of them dudes now. So Zach, like, I ain't passing nothing. You know, you know what it is though. Sometimes I could have won the team... game the other night with a nice little alley oop. That would have won the game easy. Hey, but he wanted to take a three over two people. But anyway, you know what? Like y'all talking about the big man, right? I saw a stat where it was like some couple of years ago. It wasn't even ten years ago where Al Jefferson led the league in post touches with twenty. Joel Embiid leads <laughs> it with ten post possessions a game. And so my thing is, they're taking away his like. I think Joel Embiid's the best center in the game. You know, because uh, Jokic can't play D, and Jokic's like eating five guys burgers with uh, Krispy Kreme buns. <laughs> That's his problem. He likes it, you know, but. Joel Embiid is so skilled in the post, right? And it's like, and what people don't get is, now correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't use like the Lakers with Shaq and Dreams, Houston Rockets team, and like even like, you know, Barker with the Suns. Those teams are still good three-point shooting teams. They probably mm-hmm. doesn't take as many because, you know, the times and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the line wasn't like that back then. Like people. Yeah, but you know what? Though? Here's the one thing I will say about that, right? And it, it, let's let's put both of those. Those two guys, I guess you got you both would agree, are the one and two best centers in the league. Um, but let me ask you both a question: Do you think either one of them came back better this season than they were last season? I, it doesn't <sighs> seem like it to me. Joker looks like he's Joker. Look like something's wrong with him. Like. Like, Yo. Joker looks like Lizzo. Joker looked like he gonna come out of the halftime one day with an AR-15. <laughs> like, he looked depressed. I call oh. him Lizzo, man. How fat Bars. he is. But, Joker, uh, <laughs> Joker got mental problems. Bars. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I got you. There, I got you. There. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he, but, you know what I think also, and I'm not like I know the like it's crazy how the foreign bigs. Are more skilled than our American big. A lot of them work in the post, use footwork, but they also shoot jumpers. And uh, and see what happens is Joel Embiid, using for example, he commands a double team in the post, which should yeah. open up opportunities for other people. And it's like to me, it does, but he hasn't learned how to pass out of that. And that's the problem. It's well. like it's like it's a coaching worse than it's been, but. Uh, but at some point, listen, at some point, these players, man, like, when you look at these great players, when Kobe used to come back from the offseason, I, I probably shouldn't use him as a comparison point because Kobe is nuts. It was always something new. It was always something what new. What do you But even like, yeah, he's better. breaking up. Like, it's, I said, he comes back every season. Giannis comes back every season. He's seemingly a better player. And mm-hmm. you can tell he's putting in work. You know what though? And that's the it. only thing the only thing about that that's unfair is because dude was raw as hell to begin with. So he Agreed. ain't got, he ain't had nowhere to go but up. He was just it's a number but, it's a number of players across the league. When you see them, they seemingly come back as a better player. Even even Harden. Harden yeah. like, you know, got better. Hard like work. he seems to he seems to come back with something new. 
you know, all those. I take it back, I take it back in the day, home. Jim. Like for the first, and I know I've, I've told you this plenty of times, but maybe for the first two or three seasons, I was on the Stefan Marbury is better than Allen Iverson bandwagon, and people used to always think I was crazy, but I'm like, just using the logic that you're using now. I'm like, well, look at this. Steph comes back with something new to his game every every season. Allen Iverson just still out there playing off God-given talent, you know. But you know, at some point, Allen Iverson was not to be denied, and I had to, you know, jump off of that. Hell yeah. You know what? You know, it's, like, it's, like, it's a number of guys across the league. I mean, Jason even, even your guy Max, as much as you as much as you hate Max Zach, Max Zach Improved. is a way better player now than he was years ago. He came back. You know, I think about Zach though. You know, I think about Zach though. And even this is what I was say earlier. He just got the wrong mentality. <laughs> He got the member mentality. Yeah. You know, Zach Levine is what sometimes our, our white privilege executives in Chicago who've been terrible for 15 years but keep their jobs, uh, you know, about team building. Zach Levine is a talent, right? But he shouldn't be your number one. And I think sometimes huh. teams got to understand that and, and that you got to make sure you got to do whatever you can to get that number one where he just do his thing and score. And but not but right him. now, but right now, we're y'all screwed. don't have that guy. So Zach is the number one. We're screwed. One. So he's yes, going to so do number screwed. one stuff. I mean, think, hey, hey we got this, this is going to sound scary to you. This is going to sound scary to you because Zach is way better than the dude I'm about to mention. There was a time that Robert Covington was the Sixers' number one. There was a time. <laughs> Holy They were doing that on purpose, but there was a time. Zach is way better than Robert Covington has ever been. So, you know, I'll leave you with that. Yeah. Maybe that'll make you feel a little bit better hey, about hey, your boy. But, hey, can I say this far <laughs> run, though? I know you guys got to run. When people talk about big man this, big man that, the Golden State Warriors was supposed to be so ahead of everybody, right? Uh, they signed Boogie Cousins, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, you know, but y'all know the injuries kind of hurt Boogie and everything. But just think about that. The team is the greatest shooting team ever. And God they still sign that guy. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is also, a player like Boogie and Embiid and stuff, if you are cold, he could get some buckets for you in the paint. And also, he's a great – he's a good passer where he can also pass and create other opportunities, make you more diverse. I think that's one of the reasons – I. The game has changed so much. I'm I'm almost ready to say I'm not ready to say it yet that you're probably better off not having a big man that's going to get you 20 points. You're better off having a Tyson Chandler and some better wing players because that's yeah. just the way the game is, is being officiated. Big men not carrying anybody to championships anymore. Exactly. Those days are pretty reversed. much gone. You 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 got, you got to get you a Tyson Chandler that's, that's a great at the pick and roll, can play defense, can grab you double-digit Blame points. Blame Mike. Blame Mike. You had some plays after him, but people were still trying to imitate that. So blame Mike. Yeah, and, you know, and it is, and, and guys want to say thanks, take my call again, and, and and what a time to be alive where we are killing LeBron and AD for playing every night, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what a time to be alive, <laughs> hey, because low, <laughs> that is the smartest thing ever to get your good record when you play the Phoenix Suns or like the Timberwolves in round one instead of being the Clippers, probably playing the Rockets or the Jazz. That's the smartest thing to do. Shout LeBron and shout to Frank Vogel and get Caruso a statue. Peace, guys. <laughs> right, Yo. Hey, I Caruso, I already got a statue is next. 
Yo, <laughs> I was watching um, the Lakers play. I was watching Lakers play a couple nights ago, and your man Caruso was out there. And I don't know why he. I don't know why he just don't shave his head, cause cause he be out there drawing. So yeah. um, he has sunroof. My, my wife, nice look. Yo, my wife walked in the room and she was like, "Yo, who is that on the Lakers?" She was like, "Is that Prince Harry?" I was like, "No, yeah. dog." <laughs> yeah, she said the, the balls look like one of the princes, yo. Yo, she killed him. Yeah, he needed. Yo, it. but anyway, white dudes don't yo, be caring. Euro dudes, whoever yeah, they, they are, don't. they don't be yo, caring. Euro dudes don't care about nothing. They don't care about bathing. <laughs> they don't care about hair. None of that. Like that's a hairstyle for them. They just say, "I'm gonna just go with the George Costanza and call it." A yeah. Day. But um, like black dudes don't walk around willingly trying to go with the George Jefferson. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Oh, so, God. oh, and and the biggest point in this whole thing when we brought up Harden, I'm, I just wanted to ask ask you, man. Like, why is he averaging thirty eight point seven points per game right now? Growing up, yo, that is so it's crazy because like you ain't supposed to do that. Nah. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch that video I sent you yesterday about like um uh player efficiency and all that? When they were breaking yeah, down watched, the season the hardest having? I I did I watched like it, maybe eight minutes of it and yeah, it was it was crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, but it, people it, it, just look at shooting watch that whole video he starts that's talking the only up. thing that goes into efficiency. Yeah, but he breaks down in that video, he goes into it about like the season and the hardness having. He said the crazy thing about that is Statistically speaking, as great as Harden's season is, Giannis is having a season that's greater than any season that any player has ever had in the history of basketball. Wow! And that includes that includes Wilt Chamberlain's, um, you know, season that nobody ever thought would. Uh, no uh, human being can do that. <laughs> exactly, Mundo. His no human being can so, do that season. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like everybody's putting. The numbers in the NBA right now is just like but noodles, man. I don't yeah. know. It, it's like we're going through like some some sort of metamorphosis in the game when a guy and it's like you know LeBron in his 85th season is still out here drawing the way he's drawing. Have to though, man. Whatever they're doing to to push this type of stuff ahead, I mean, because you see they're doing it in the NFL as well. Like you have to. Like sports is such. Big business right now, so much money involved, and it's just it's entertainment first, in my opinion. It's entertainment then sport at this point. So you have to have well, it this way. They right, found so a way I mean, to nudge it along. That, that, that leads to a that leads to a deeper conversation because in the grand scheme of things, that's all sport is. Sports are entertainment for us. With so much things going on in the world, with world politics and and, and everything going on in the world. Um, sports is, is entertainment, and if you want to take it a step further, this is we always talk about how sports is a, a micro like it, it, it reflects everything else going on. So when you right. look at the streaming wars, right, with the, the Disney Plus and all these kind of things, the only thing that people watch live are sports. sports. Therefore, if that's the only thing that people watch live, where you can get certain ad revenues, they have to be more entertaining, and it can't be for a hardcore fan. They have to be for everybody. Right. So it gets sports to the point the where that stuff that's trickles all the way down. Replay. Unless somebody tells you, this is the greatest game of all time, you got to watch it. But nobody be trying to watch yeah, stuff so they it, already know. It, so the combination of social media, the combination of what's going on in the world, it leads to our, the games being changed the way they're being changed to the point where, like, and I know we're going to talk in a, in a little bit about the commissioner trying to, like, make a tournament in the middle of the season. 
is, is really on some Barnum and Bailey stuff right now across all sports. <laughs> I know, Here, let's take a timeout and have a turn. That's, that's, that's that soccer stuff, man. That's that soccer it's, type it's stuff. Turning Barnum, it's turning into Barnum and Bailey because that, that's what it is. It's entertainment. Uh, as, as, as my brother Bashir called, it's games of amusement. Games of amusement. Well, speaking of entertainment, man, this uh, franchise has been entertaining us for a very long time. The Patriots <laughs> have again been caught filming something that they aren't supposed to be filming. So we have essentially what is starting to pick up steam as Spygate 2 at this point. All right, and before we talk about it, I'm going to talk about exactly what happened during week 14. Um, the Patriots sent the video team to Cleveland to film a documentary on an advanced scout who was at the game. They got credentialed by the Cleveland Browns um, to do this. The scout was at the game to scout uh, the Cincinnati Bengals who the Patriots are going to play in the next game. However, they sent, you know, they like I said, they sent um, a camera crew with him to document him for – um, this series that they were doing called a do your job series that exists on the Patriots website. If you go check that out um, before that, they profiled like the training staff, the dietitian, people in the video department mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So the next job up for the docu documentary was the advanced scout um, who was going to visit the one in 11 Bengals. So the, they were, like I said, they were credentialed by the Browns. But they were up in the press box, and a Bengal staffer recognized that the cameraman for the whole first quarter had his camera panned directly onto the Bengal sideline, you know, the coaching staff and, and all that kind of stuff, which we know by now is not legal in the NFL. Like, you can go, you can send your advanced scouts, and they can, you know, scout the game, write down notes and do whatever they need to do, but you cannot videotape the coaching staff because, you know, you get signals from that. You get all kinds of stuff that you're not supposed to have. Um, so they actually, uh, the Bengals person reached out to a Brown staffer, uh, a security staffer who went up to the person and even though the Patriots are trying to say this was legit, they were doing this for a documentary the stuff that the guy said made it a little bit more fishy because at one point, and they also have this on uh, videotape, at one point the guy asked, like, well, look, how about I just delete the whole tape and we just act like it never happened? That makes people feel even more, like, suspect about the situation. So, Roger Goodell mm. and NFL are now investigating. So, we're going to see, you know, with the Patriots pass, you know, they got to – they gotta. They, that has to play a part in whatever decision they're mulling over. Um, the fact that they've gotten caught doing this kind of stuff before. Um, I don't even have to ask you this. The going question this week on Sports Talk was like, you know, do you think the Patriots? Do you think it's something to this? Do you think they actually cheat, or are these isolated incidents? We've already talked <laughs> about it because I think the sentiment here in the war room is, hey, hell yeah, they cheat. But we also on. Have the sentiment of you ain't cheating, you trying, you ain't trying. They just happen to get mm-hmm. caught, it's, and maybe like if people think they get caught because they're sloppy, they probably do this every damn week for the past fifteen years. So if you get caught twice, 
<laughs> three times. It's not really that sloppy. It's just it's it's the law of averages. So, what's your thoughts on yeah. this one? Because think about this it, is like if, you're, if you're doing this, like, and it is suspect. If you're doing this against the one and eleven Bengals, then you're doing it all the time. <laughs> because that that was all, that was that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, did they even have to do this against the Bengals? <laughs> That that right there shows you that they probably do this every single week, no matter who, you know, whenever they can get it done, but no matter who it's against. And yeah, I mean, they out of pocket, man, and it, and I, but I don't know if it even matters in the grand. Like I haven't seen an outcry. Like it's not going to be. I mean, you want to get the jokes because everybody gets jokes, but in the grand scheme of things, when this story is told, this part this part of it ain't going to be told that they you know always cheat. But what is it going to do? What is it going to do? Roger Goodell, okay, even if he finds them guilty, okay, I'm going to find them another $250,000, $500,000. I'm going to take a draft pick from a team who drafts high every year anyway. I mean, you know, drafts low every year anyway. So, like, what is it really going to do? And they may have come to a point where they're saying that, like, look, the punishment that we get for this, it's basically a slap on the wrist in comparison to the rewards that we get from this. Like we got six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We make money hand over fist. We, we're recognized as one of the greatest dynasties the NFL has ever seen. <laughs> the, the organization has never been in a better position financially. It's probably worth it, man. They're not going to take away any of your bowls. <laughs> They're not gonna take mm-hmm. away your trophies, your rings, anything like that. Why not? Yeah, definitely out of pocket. Like, yeah, def- definitely out of pocket. Some people, some people listening right now wish they wish they team would uh, do the same thing. Yeah, I always have. I'm like, hey, if it worked, <laughs> shout out to to Ladanian and his little country voice. Um, interestingly enough, they played the Chiefs in Foxborough. This past weekend, and the Chiefs' equipment, at least equipment for at least 35 players, was somehow sent to Newark, New Jersey, and they were scrambling to try to get the stuff back prior to their 425 kickoff. Now, they ended up getting the stuff back less than an hour before kickoff. If they didn't, they actually would have had to forfeit the game. So what happened? Here's the quote. It said the Chiefs left behind equipment. I guess they left a, a, a container in the airport or whatever, mm-hmm. but that still doesn't explain to us how it got on a plane to Newark, New Jersey. That probably was all Belichick. But um, <laughs> like they left it there. Somebody probably called the Gillette Stadium like, uh, yeah, man, the Chiefs left some of their equipment here. Belichick probably was like, send it somewhere. Um, so they were scrambling <laughs> to do that, but they actually ended up getting it. Uh, some dudes got dressed like way closer to the game than they're used to doing, but they went out there and they actually won the game in Foxborough. But do you think anything is fishy with this, or you just think this was an airport mix-up? Now, now here's the funny thing with this. So if this was any other team, I would say this is just a quick, quick mix-up. But, dog, like, I don't know how many things you can just explain away. Like, nah, this is a coincidence. Like, it's too much coincidence. It's always them. <laughs> and and with their level of success, like 
Oh, man, listen, man. I don't know, dog. Because this one right here, ah, this is tough, man. Yeah, and, they did. And Whatever I'm looking they at photos here. These are huge bags that had Kansas City Chiefs logos all over them. It ain't like somebody didn't know. Or, or Jim, maybe somebody at the airport, you know, they're in Patriot land. Maybe somebody at the airport took it upon themselves. I've told stories on here plenty of times of how an unnamed person that I know used to work in, you know, the luxury hotels that visiting NFL and NBA teams used to stay in used to do a little something with laxatives and, and people. <laughs> so maybe this was somebody thinking that they were a team hero and, you know, some <laughs> decided that they were going to go ahead and send these joints somewhere else and see if they can affect the game. So it could be mm-hmm. something like that as well. But like you said, as much as the Patriots get caught doing, it's really difficult to explain things away because it just seems like y'all are always doing something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so you weren't here last week when we talked a lot about this this race in the NFC lease uh, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Eagles squeaking out a win against the Giants that looked unlikely for a little while. Uh, pulls and pulls back into a first place tie atop the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys at six and seven. Um, the Eagles pretty much control their own destiny, considering they have uh, Washington, Dallas, and the New York Giants left on their schedule. Because of that game with Dallas, they control their own destiny. So if they win out, um, they get the the spot. Now Dallas has the Rams, Philly. And then Washington. So people are looking at looking at that as a more difficult schedule. Who do you think comes out of this whack division with the title this year? Yo, this is like one of the more difficult questions that you'll ask me this evening because, like, I watch the Cowboys playing, but like, yo, they ass, and I watch the Eagles play, like, yo, they ass too, and. <laughs> I think it's it's really gonna come down to that game where the Eagles play the Cowboys. Who like it, that's gonna be it right there. That's it. I mean, I can't. I'm yeah. still in shock the Eagles actually won that last game. Cause like how did they right. win that game is still shocking to me. I just but don't think the Giants. I don't think the Eagles can score enough. Like I, I, I think when it comes down to it, because I, you know, as an Eagles fan, I don't even want to look past Washington. The team, the you know, Philly is decimated right now. Like. They were out of receivers on Monday night, literally. Like, people say that and think it's a joke. They had no more receivers on their rosters after J.J. Arcega-Whiteside went down. Um, they Well, they had one. They had Greg Ward, who was a practice squad player and a former college quarterback um, out there balling with three tight end sets with Perkins, Goddard, <laughs> and, and Zach Ertz. I don't know how you get that done moving forward. We're already at Thursday, and we have heard nothing about the Philadelphia Eagles signing any wide receivers. We heard that somebody that nobody's ever heard of has come up from the practice squad. So it looks like they're actually going to go out and try to play this way. You ready, you ready for Antonio Brown or no? So he's not walking through that door. I guess you might get um, um, Agahor back. So, so he's about to be your leading receiver. <laughs> I mean, Antonio Brown is out there, doggy. I've been trying to tell him that. No. The, the only thing I ask when I say that is 
is he cool or does he have to be reinstated by the league? That might be the thing. People probably try to kick the tires on that, but they probably call Goodell like, okay, if we pick this dude up, like, can he play or are y'all going to make him sit out? But if, if, if he can play, they better, they better do something. They better do something quick. Yo. I'm not trying to see Jordan Matthews. If he, if he does come back, if he does come back, he, somebody got to take his phone. That's all I'm going to say. But Yeah, somebody got to take his phone man. now. Or he will never come back. Man, I, because he loves the NFL crazy, in crazy. the beginning of the week. He hates the NFL in the middle of the week. He's 50-50 on the NFL by the end of the week. Like, yeah, his phone needs to be. Here's the crazy part, right? Injuries have, like, decimated the Eagles. But the Cowboys still got their best players. Like, they're not injured or anything. Like, <laughs> they ain't got no excuses. Yeah, they just trash. I think they quit on their coach, though, honestly. I think they just quit on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I, you know, I, I, I just wish it didn't come down to the head-to-head matchup. Which, if the you know if the Cowboys find a way to lose some other games, you know, if they you know find a way to lose to the Rams and maybe Washington, then they would still, even if they beat the Eagles, still be giving them a chance to walk away with the division. There's some crazy tiebreakers involved in this whole thing, but yeah, it's interesting. But the crazy part is the division is so bad; it's hard not to talk about. You know, who's going to win? Who's like, what poop is going to rise to the top? <laughs> so, my so, question is we'll, this, we'll, though, like, so I, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that whoever wins ends up with a losing record. Because um, what both, what, what team's record is that? What both of their records now? Yeah, they, they're six and seven. I don't, I don't think they can, they can't do that. I don't think that's possible for them to end up with a losing record. I mean, if they, if they both, it's three, how many games are left? So, it's six and seven. Not the winner. It's three games what? left. One of them is against each other, so somebody has to win. Somebody has to win one. One game, and that's it. So that's that'll it. put them. Which means they'd be seven and nine. Oh no, that'd be right. That'll put them at seven and nine if they won one more game. Yeah, that's crazy. That's possible. <laughs> that's crazy. It's possible. Maybe I'll say it like that. It's possible, but not likely. Put it, put it that way. But you never know. It wasn't likely Stranger that things have these teams are going to be and battling for the division playoffs. at six and seven either. <laughs> then go in the playoffs and win a game. That'd be great. Hey, somebody <laughs> get in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Go on a Baltimore run. Yo, people will be so tight with the season if that happens. Probably especially yeah, said, if that, it was that, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that's when half the league start load managing at that point. Mm-hmm. All right, so real quick before we move on, uh, we got – Gus Griffin on the line with his investment picks for uh, this upcoming week in the NFL. Let's get him on the line here. Gus, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Pretty Gus, good, how man. Are how are you? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm trying to stay all warm. Right. No. All right. Nobody looking for you? You, you good? <laughs> well, they haven't found me, so that's what's important. No, that's most important. Well, Gus was three. Three and one last week, 36, 37 and one uh, overall for the entire season. Uh, we're going to start off this week with the NFC North matchup. The Bears at Packers. Uh, the Packers are four and a half point favorites, favorites at this point. Where are you going with this one? Okay. Um, the Bears are playing better, which is to say that Mitchell Trubisky is playing better. 
Um, Three-game winning streak. Wasn't sure what it meant against the Giants and Lions, but Dallas has a top-ten defense, and Trubisky looked very good against them. Three touchdown passes. Um, the Packers, uh, other than their opening wins against the Bears in Minnesota, they haven't really beaten anyone. They they beat the Chiefs without Mahomes, so that doesn't classify. When they played an elite team in the 49ers, they got smacked. So not only do I think the Bears are going to cover, I think they're going to win this game outright. Ooh, upset special from the door. <laughs> Bears over Packers. All right, we got the Broncos at the Chiefs. Chiefs are 10-point favorites in this one. Okay, now – the Broncos are, in my view, the most undervalued uh, team by Las Vegas in the NFL. They have a losing record, but they're 8-4 eight, eight and four against the spread. They've won seven of the last nine against the spread. And last week, as we saw, uh, they were at one point a 10-point favorite and beat the Texans outright. So they're an undervalued team. It's a division game. The Chiefs are off the New England win, so I just, you know, they're, they may be a little let down in that game. I'm taking the Broncos plus the 10. All right, we got uh we got an over under here. We got Texans at Titans. The over under on that game is fifty. Where are you going? All right, the t- Tennessee is uh, south of Chicago, south of Baltimore. Tennessee is the hottest team in the league. Uh, four in a row, scored thirty five, forty two, thirty one, and forty two points. Uh, they're they're just rolling right now. And uh, the Texans, we <laughs> can him. Hey, he's playing well. You got to give him credit. Um, the Texans, yep. you never know what you're going to get from them, but they tend to bounce back from those inexplicable games. Whether it was in Baltimore or last week um, against Denver, they do tend to bounce back. So I think that Tennessee scores at least thirty to thirty-five. That means the Texans only have to get me about uh, fifteen to twenty points. I'm taking the over. All right, the uh, Cleveland Browns will has been in the news this week. Cleveland Browns have been in the news all season, all off season, <laughs> but particularly this week, um, a lot of people are reporting that Odell Beckham Jr. is unhappy and wants out at the end of the season. Jarvis Landry came out and said today that that's not true, um, but still nothing from ODB himself. Cardinals versus Browns. Uh, Browns are a three-point favorite in this one. Does uh, ODB get untracked on this one so he can be a little happier going in the next week <laughs> well he may but who wants to who wants to invest in that uh, that's uh, one of the biggest wild cards in the league um the cardinals aren't a good team however it's very rare that even bad teams lose three straight home games and so um um I think um, I also think that since Miles Garrett's uh, loss for the Browns, people, because of the the trauma and the, and the sensation, well, I won't say sensationalism, I won't imply that it was overplayed, but because of that incident uh, with the Steelers and and Rudolph, I think people forget Miles Garrett was the best defensive player. He had um, mm-hmm. ten sacks through ten games. He was, you know, he would have been a candidate for defensive player of the year. Uh, that's not a loss you just take and go on as if nothing happened. I'm taking the Cardinals in this game plus the three. And um, wouldn't be shocked if they pulled the upset, but I'm taking the Cardinals plus the three. All right. Um, we got the Colts and Saints. Over-under on that game is 46 points. Okay. Uh, since the Atlanta did, the Saints have scored 34, 34, 26, and 46 points. No reason to believe they won't score 30 to 35 in this game. Uh, the Colts have scored 31 and 38 in their last two games, and they're, now they're desperate. There's, they let they let a win go last week against Tampa that they really needed. Now they're super desperate. Uh, 
and need help. So no reason to think they won't get 20 points or so. So I'm taking the over in this one. All right, over 46. And uh, finally, uh, like he said earlier in the first one, the upset special for the week is Bears over Packers. So we're going to see how this goes. We have just three weeks left in the season. We're going to see where the record goes on this one, Gus. (laughs) All right, you, you know I am down the stretch. No doubt, no doubt. So we wrap to you next week, man. All right, take care. All right, thanks for calling. Gus Griffin, everybody, everybody go to mybookie.ag, promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. Get those investments placed for this week's NFL slate. Um, Before we move on, um, just real quick, man, shout out to uh, Steven Strasburg, (laughs) Garrett Cole, uh, the Nats signed Steven Strasburg to a record contract for pitchers uh, earlier in the week, seven years, $245 million, which averages out to $35 million per season. At the time, it broke two records. Um, It broke David Price's record, uh, which he previously held for total dollars committed to a pitcher. Um, His was $217 million. But Zach Grinke held the mark for average annual value at $34.4 million. Strasburg was at 35. But as usual, when something like that happens, the Yankees come up and tell everybody to hold their vodka because <laughs> they don't drink beer. And they sign former Houston Astros ace Garrett Cole to a nine-year, $324 million contract. Um, it's well over the record for amount of money uh, guaranteed for a pitcher. And it is a little bit over. I believe it's at like $36 million a year, a million more than Strasburg got per year from the Nationals. Um, The happiest man in America right now, the happiest man in sports, Scott Boris, because he's the agent for both of these people. So he just worked out damn near $800 million worth of contracts in the past week. Um, Does he also represent uh, Anthony Rendon? Because he got broken off, too, by the Angels. (laughs) That would be crazy. Anthony Rendon is now joining Mike Trout on the Angels. He got seven years, $245 million as well. So shout out to all of these people. Um, getting all this baseball money, all this money they're printing out. Uh, my son got a he got to step up his uh, baseball workouts. Jimmy, it's crazy in these baseball streets. The hell, and you might be on mute because I don't hear you saying nothing. <laughs> all right, so um, let's go to our our stat of the week. Our stat of the week is about the Monday night contact. And and Neil in the in the chat room, let me know if you can still hear me, because I don't hear Jimmy. I don't know what's going on with him. So maybe I'm talking and nobody can hear me. So I'm gonna wait for you to answer that real quick. <laughs> Are you there? Let's see. All right, well, I'm going to keep going just in case. Jimmy, if you're there, you might be on mute or something might be wrong with the microphone because I don't hear you. 
All right, yeah, Neil says that she can still hear me, so I'm going to go on with the uh, stat of the week. And the stat of the week is from the Eagles' victory this past Monday night. This was their seventh straight victory over the New York Giants on Monday Night Football, dating all the way back to 1980. It is also the longest win streak for one team over another in Monday Night Football history. So, you know, that's a to be division rivals, I know that's a stat that New York Giants fans do not want to hear right now. Um, but it is what it is. And I'll wait for Jimmy to go back to this quote of the week um, because I know he wanted to say a, a couple of things about that. But right now, while we wait for him, we will move on to while y'all were on the grind. And while you were on the grind is brought to you by Sports the Book. You guys are tired of reading the same old sports book with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and, you know, the same two and three players being compared every day of your life. Look, make sure that you pick up a copy of sports, an acronym, so stay with me. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture. That'll keep you on the edge of your seat and keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But whatever you do, just make sure that you don't miss the sports the book movement. All right. So um, this week, while y'all were on the grind, a couple of things happened. Um, we spoke a lot about the Patriots and some things going on up in New England this past week. But some things I just think, I don't know if they're out of character, but they seem weird to me. There were reports, not not reports, if you were watching the game against the Chiefs in Foxborough, uh, you would have heard, especially going into halftime with a deficit, you would have heard the New, New England Patriots fans booing their team, their team who at the time was 10-2, and two, they are the defending Super Bowl champions in the past two decades. They've dominated the NFL, won their division something like 11 times, something crazy like that, and they have six Super Bowl championships to show for it. So, And not only the Patriots' success, um, all told, the, the city of Boston, which is the, the main hub for New England fans, uh, throughout the, through, with their four professional teams, they have all together, they have like 34 championships, 20 or so of which have come after the turn of the century. So to me, for them to be booing this team because they're going into the half and the offense isn't playing too well and they're losing the game – they seem really, really entitled to me. Now, booing is nothing new to me. I'm from Philadelphia. That's what we do. We boo our team going into the halftime all the damn time because we're trash. Um, one second. Let me get on. Neil in the chat room telling me that I'm going in and out. So let me yeah, switch up going. something here. Oh, you there, Jim? I- yeah, I'm here now. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, she said I was going in and out, so I just switched microphone. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. So, yeah, you know, for me, the New England Patriots fans, with all that they have going on for them and all that that team has brought to them, you know, throughout these years, 
it seems weird to me that they would be at a game booing their team. Not only were they booing them, there was footage of Patriots fans fighting each other in the stands. So maybe this is what misery looks like to a spoiled fan base. You know, you're 10-2, mm-hmm. and two, you're losing a game about to go 10-3. and three. It looked like you might not win the Super Bowl this year, so now you're turning on each other. <laughs> you're fighting, Yo. you're booing the team. It just sounds real it's really disgusting. It's really disgusting, and this is what they got to look forward to because once once Tom decides to get out of there and Bill is out of there, they're gonna go back to what they were. Like <laughs> these things, man. Like it's crazy how. And not only that, you take it outside of the Patriots, just that city in general. Like right. they win in every sport. Right. Yeah, and that's what I was saying before you came back. I'm like, all all together, they have like 34 championships. Um, between their four major teams, and like 20 or so was won since the year 2000. So they're really yeah, a spoiled so like, fan on, base right now. Like, yeah, like you really going to boo these dudes who are the defending champions, still sitting at 10-2 and two in a year when people think they're not that good. And to me, and, that's and, the craziest part. The craziest part <laughs> is they're still one of the better teams in the league. And their right. defense is pretty tough. Right, so... Yeah, it ain't was nobody crazy. Really, ain't nobody really came and like ran them off the field. No, nah, no, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so they they are still pretty much in this thing, you know. And you know how it is preparing for Belichick in a playoff game, especially where he gets an extra week to prepare. So, yeah, it's it's definitely not time to write them off by any means. But it's just crazy that their fans are behaving like this. Not only did they boo the team, not only were they fighting each other in the stands. But they were harassing Patrick Mahomes' brother and girlfriend to the point where security had to move them to a quote-unquote safe space <laughs> within, the, um, within the, uh, the stadium. Right, and she was, I guess she was like live tweeting this whole thing, telling everybody what was going on in there. Um, she started off, let me go down, let me scroll down to this. She said, uh... She said, I was told if I stand, they will call security and kick us out. Can't stand for your team. Some fans y'all are. She said, this place is horrible. People are already yelling every time I stand up. Um, I am not allowed to stand up for a football game. Then she said, Gillette Security came and got us and moved us to a safe place. That's how you know it was bad. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. They're acting like what people expect Philly fans to act like. But this is one of those things, Jimmy, when I tell people all the time, like, yo, sports fans act the same everywhere. It's just that some yeah. people get more publicity for it than others. And this shows it fits into the their team does nothing but win, and, they, and they're assholes just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Dog, booing Brady is, like, out of pocket. Like, how do you boo Brady? Right. <laughs> like, you, you are booing your team who has given you six Super Bowls in the past, 15, 20 years, won the division countless times, are the defending champions many, right now. The and we're champions two at the time people, you were booing them. Many people believe that he's the greatest quarterback to ever exist. I don't agree with that, right. but at the same time, I, I can see that you can make the argument. I know you can make the argument. And y'all are booing him while you were attending to. <laughs> A-holes, boy. Oh, I saved this. I had, to, I had to go back to this. We are in the middle of why y'all are on the grind right now. But our quote of the week comes from Philly native Kyle Lowry, 
who was back in Philadelphia playing against the Sixers earlier in the week, and he kind of got into a verbal spat with a heckling fan. And as they were going off the court, the fan was still talking, and Kyle Lowry basically just said to the to the to the guy, "Come see me." He kept saying, "Come see me," and then he added to that that I live at 20th and Lehigh. Come see me. Um, first yeah. of all, Kyle, I mean, I know you're Philly born and bred, but you live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that when you're home, even if you spend summers in Philly, which most of y'all don't spend summers in your hometown, everybody runs out to L.A., but I'm pretty sure you don't live at 20th and Lehigh. Um, Doc, there's home, no residential but... properties at 20th and Lehigh. Like 20th and Lehigh is a, is a mega church. It's a mega you. church. And, and that's, like, and that's, in that's impressive because with 20th and Lehigh probably used to be, like, dude, you don't yeah. even want to say that you live at 20th and Lehigh. So it's a mega dude, church a, there now. Yeah, it's a mega church. And there's no residential property, so I don't even know where he – I got Yo, I, I guess maybe so was that the block was that him. tough talk to say that I'm no longer tough talking. So if you want to come see me, let me know if you need a new church home, and I'll get that done for that's, you. That's, so that's come see I, me. Maybe yeah, maybe he was trying to like you know recruit for his church. Maybe that's where his family goes to church or something like. <laughs> maybe he maybe he paid to build that home. joint. Maybe he's the biggest donor to the church, so he's figuring this is my home. This is my church home. So if you want to see me, <laughs> come to 20th and Lehigh. No, you invited That's good to stuff. his church home. That's good stuff, Shout man. Shout out to Kyle Because it seemed like all the Philly dudes who come back, they don't usually get into stuff with the with the crowd, but they all seem to yeah. get into stuff with Ben Simmons. Like every Philly dude that plays against, that comes home and plays against the Sixers wants to knock Ben Simmons the F out. Shout out to Kyle Lowry, who, who once invited him up tunnel when they both got ejected from a game invited him to throw hands in the tunnel um and shout out to uh, marcus morris who gets into it with ben simmons and or joel Embiid every time they get together so Mm -hmm. shout out to philly dudes not liking these dudes i guess taking over their city so they gotta pull rank every time they come visit the sixers all right so let's get back to the uh while y'all were on the grind um, Lizzo was in the news all week because she was at the Lakers game showing her ass. And when I say that, I mean literally showing her ass. Whatever she had on, a T-shirt dress or whatever it was, had a full Prince-like ass cut out in the back. She turned around, <laughs> twerked for the camera with a giant thong on. Um, I think she had on some fishnets, though, because a lot of people were like, yo, she got her bare ass on the you know, on the seat to Staples Center, but maybe just some of her bare ass because I think she had on fishnets over the thong. Um, people have been talking about this all week, Jimmy. crazy part is, like, in the chat, I don't remember us giving it more than a couple of bars. Like, I was oh, more – the more the, the bigger news story to me is how when they were interviewing her, she was trying to throw the litter box at Cat um, the whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, litter box, litter box cat. I ah. think she did there. But yo, I, to me, like it wasn't that big of a story. Like, first of all, like, it, and the crazy part is, like, Lizzo was talented, man. Like, I, I've been a fan of Lizzo for a little while now. When I saw her at, um, she performed at Jay Z's Made in America probably like four or five years ago. When I and I didn't right. know she wasn't a Thomas. She bodied her stage show was crazy. 
And I was like, yo, she got talent, but she's since been gentrified. She don't even belong to us no more. And, you know, so, yeah, so she's gentrified now. And to me, the, 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 the legs this story got is a little bit crazier. Like, I do... The biggest problem with me is like, yo, you gonna put your bare ass on a seat? Like they don't, they don't clean them seats. <laughs> right, right. It's not even about the that, next like, person. That's about you. Like, why are you? Yeah, yeah you put me like, on your ass. Like, come she on, Lisa. So you probably got, she, she probably got ass aids right now because uh, you right. know, just. <laughs> I mean, she just and she definitely was drawn. I, I was just like, okay, yeah, she's drawn. If you show it to me, I'm like, oh yeah, she was drawn with a with a butt out at the game, you know, national TV game, but. I she's still don't a, understand why the story got so much legs. Like, okay. Yeah, she's an yeah, entertainer who's trying to get attention. Like, yeah. and I heard that's duh. what she does. Like, I heard she draws a lot. Like, yeah, I, that's yeah. what I heard. Like, yeah, people say she's she tries too hard. That try to get attention, like, but but that's right. what they all do. Like, right. yo, Dennis, Dennis Rodman did it while playing sports. Like, right. You know what that's I'm what I'm saying. Like, I think this whole so, week turned into a referendum on her. Insecurities, but I'm like, all right. It's just you know, like I said, the funnier part to me was she was trying to throw cat in the box, like on TV. Yo, yo this never is even met the boy. Yo, Cardi, yo, Cardi B went to court yesterday. I don't know if you saw the footage of this. She oh. had like a uh, like a mink coat on that like dragged, and the joint dragged like six city blocks, like it was drawn. I'm like, <laughs> this, this is what they do. This is what celebrities do. No matter like, what you know the mean? situation you know, is, I got to get attention. But yo, so you think Cat? You think Cat gonna high. be? Uh, you know, you think he gonna try to get in touch with her representatives? Well, yo, and this Kat, is where this, <laughs> you think, <laughs> yeah, because somebody Kat asked her. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, they saw her in the crowd and they went up to her and was talking to her and she said, "Let me tell you something. Both teams look great." But I'm personally cheering for number 32. That's my baby. And then the interviewer asked her if she knew him, and she laughed and said, nope. So she probably know him now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she probably went to the to the telly afterwards. Showed her what yeah, showed him yeah. what the thong was about. I hope Kat made her wash up, though, after she's sitting on the staples in the seat. I ass first. <laughs> Cat nasty. <laughs> Other than that, like, I don't even know if he did anything to Catnet. Yeah, other than that, man, like, yeah, it's like, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Well, in other news, Russia has been banned from global competition for the next four years. So Russia can't enter the, uh, the 2020 Olympics. The 2022 Soccer World Cup, or the uh, remember in the 2018 Olympics, they kind of had this same thing with the with the doping, and they couldn't be represented by their flag. But Russian athletes, I think like 168 of them were still there, but they competed under um, a different flag, like under a neutral flag, and that's kind of the same thing here. So the country and the flag is banned from these events. But if you're a Russian athlete and you've been proven to not be a part of the doping scandal, then they're going to allow you to compete. So it's a weird situation. So they're punishing you know, the country, not necessarily the athletes, if you weren't a dope. <laughs> crazy a part dope is, head. right, 
like you know our 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 media and everything has like you know sold sold us a bill of goods so much that like I was like yeah I thought they all all on dope like back <laughs> I know. in the 80s they've been doping since Drago all, all, like, all the pop uh, culture and, and again it, this is this is, this is <laughs> when you know they were our number one enemy they always made them right. out to be cheaters whether it was like you know Nikolai Volkov who probably wasn't even Russian I gotta check and see what these even Russian <laughs> I know, I'm, um, I'm about to say anything <laughs> in the WWF. Shout out to the WWF, not the Nikolai E. Volkov. All that <laughs> Nikolai Volkov's probably from probably from twentieth and Lehigh, but so <laughs> whether it was him, Iron Sheik probably from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> Yo, if if he, if he dies, he dies. Uh, Rocky, like <laughs> right. the whole taking thing needles of like, in his Russian, head. like yeah, he was taking needles in the movie, like you know, and and the propaganda. You know, it shows you how powerful like media is, because I bought into it because that's all you showed me. Mhm. So they was a, just a the country flag was a Balco flag. That's just what yeah, I'm like, that's what, what they is. do, don't they? That's, yeah, that's, what, that's what they do. <laughs> that's what y'all do. All right. Well, there's still a lot of people that's not getting over the whole Michael Vick thing because Mike Vick has been chosen as a quote unquote legend to be one of the captains at the NFL Pro Bowl this year. But more than 500,000 people, they're being termed as animal lovers. I doubt that all 500,000 of these people are animal lovers. They probably go by yeah. a different title. Um, they signed a petition asking the NFL to remove Mike Vick from the Pro Bowl. Um, the NFL so far is standing pat, and Mike Vick is still supposed to be a part of the festivities. What's your thoughts on this, man? Like Yo, People not is, being able to get disgusting. over stuff because – they damn sure ain't having no petition about people killing, you know, police killing people in the streets. Like, they're good with that. But this dude fought yeah. some dogs and killed some dogs a long time ago, has become an advocate for dogs after his punishment, and, you know, this is what he's still there, there's, there's so many – the Mike Vick story is so interesting because there, there's a thing of, like, culture, um, you know – there's a, there's a thing of culture. There's a thing of race. There's a thing of of criminal justice, because I mean, if we keep it in a bean, right? Not, and I'm not I'm not saying it's okay because I'm an animal lover and I think it's disgusting to fight dogs. But I also come from the inner city where that was a thing. Like dog fights existed. That was a thing. Um, you go down to certain parts. Uh, you go down to certain parts. You know, and and. And on the other side of Lehigh Avenue, not what Kyle Larson, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they fight chickens down there. You go down, you go down like you know further down other side of Lehigh. They fight. They had chicken fights. Like this is this is what happens. Um, Meet our land. Not saying it's right, but it's also a thing where he he he. I'm pretty sure he grew up with that as part of his culture. Um, he paid he paid dearly for it. Um, we're talking about eighteen his months in the also, bank. He had, and he had to file bankruptcy. Like he paid. Right. He paid the price for it. Lost that hundred million dollar contract he had. So this this story is crazy because I really feel like we don't. If if the thing is supposed to be to you know rehabilitate people, why don't we allow that to happen? Like it's granted you can say, well, I don't believe he's rehabilitated. Like, but who are you to say that? Because I was literally when I was trying to like figure out what was going with my volume, I was on my um, timeline. And I see somebody on there like he he uh he is shouldn't be forgiven because he didn't fully apologize. He still doesn't care. He still doesn't see what's wrong with what he did. How do you know that? Right. And and but how do you even decipher that? Because he's been an advocate for 
<laughs> dogs like like he's really yo I don't I don't get it I don't get it so like he's damn near on y'all side now wanna, as far as being an activist. So no, how, how they want us to believe in the system. Like when we cry about how bad the system is, you know, you got to trust the system. Not, but now he's went through the system. He's went through the punishment that you give him, and that's still not good enough. Yeah. Right. It's it's just not good enough. It's disgusting. You know how it is. It and definitely is. I keep it a stack. I'm not the biggest Mike Vick fan, but uh, this is crazy. But I'm I'm just I mean, a you... player. But uh... <laughs> everything they just gonna drag this on forever. Like Mike Vick gonna be on his deathbed. People gonna be out. But yo, the Pete, they, they didn't. Protesting. But they didn't fight this. They didn't fight this much for Adrian Peterson. He was beating his son. <laughs> right. Actual human boy. They care. Yeah, he was like, a little black boy. Did they really care? <laughs> yo, what was the they receiver for Adrian? caught a body. Like they wouldn't. They wouldn't I mean, care about body, all the domestic violence and the. In the league, if if it was a lot of black chicks getting beat up, so you know, now that go. Yeah, man. Uh, either way, <laughs> I, I mean, like you said, I, I'm not like I've never defended Vic on this whole thing, but at some point, come on, you got you got to you kind of got to let it go. Um, kind of got to let it, it go. Like Neil said, "Stop being about rehabilitation." A long time ago, that's true. <laughs> nah, I agree with that. I no, but what yeah. I'm saying, and that's my point. My point is, I agree with that completely. But when you argue about that system, they want to tell you that you know you have to trust the system and believe in it. All right, so right. now we do, and it's still a problem. <laughs> then it's, it's yeah, it's not enough. All right, but need to let it go. That's what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. All right, and real quick, uh, this date in sports history. December 12, 1968, Arthur Ashe became the first African-American man ranked number one in the U.S. in tennis. So shout out to the late, great Arthur Ashe for what he accomplished this date in sports history. All right, before we get into the stretch run and talk a little NBA rap, uh, everybody out there, you make sure you check out our website at worldroomsports.com if you want to call in and speak with us about any NBA topic, you can do that now. Dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. What's going on in the association blueprint? Yes, sir. It is time to talk about this thing of ours. Uh, and, you know, for those who may be listening for the first time, where you've been on this time. But, no, shout out to you anyway. Um, but this thing of ours is the National Basketball Association. And as usual, when we talk about hoops, that's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Listen, I said a custom website, not a template <laughs> that you get from Wix or, you know, if, if, if you into that kind of thing, not your OnlyFans page. We're talking about a custom website. Here's what you do. Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And you say, yo, I heard you at War Room, and you get the discount right there. You know I mean? Take care of you. DigitalExtremeTech.com. But it's time to talk about this thing of ours. <laughs> yo, that's considered a classic song, but even when you listen to that, like, you're like, yo, Curtis Blowers. Yeah. <laughs> Basketball Curtis was my Blow. favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. And it's crazy, right? Because, you know, 
Yeah, that was absolute garbitos. But listen, though, um, we're going to start with talking about the players of the week. Uh, so in the Eastern Conference, we got Jimmy Buckets, a.k.a. Jimmy Butler. And in the Western Conference, we got AD, the unibrow, Anthony Davis. Um, shout out to Jimmy Butler, man, who's been one of the better players in the Eastern Conference. And that game they had the other day against the Hawks was hilarious. Did you see what your <laughs> man Trey Young did in that game? What would you give us a second? Yeah. Did you see what Trey Young did in that game, class? Yeah, Trey Young has the ultimate green light. <laughs> He's allowed to do Yo, whatever he wants. I'm talking about when, like at the end of the game, they were up. I think uh, they were up maybe like like four points. He made a play, and they scored a bucket, and they was up six points with like a minute and thirty left. And Trey Young is screaming, "It's over! It's over!" So obviously so Miami comes so down, but Miami comes down and knocks down a three. They stop Atlanta. Knock down another three. Jimmy Buckets at the end of the game knocks out another three. They go into <laughs> overtime, and then Miami goes on a twenty-two to nothing run. Damn. <laughs> so how do you lose? How do you lose I, in overtime by fourteen? They lost by fourteen. I, I remember that they went game. to overtime the other night, but I did not remember that it was a fourteen-point game when it was all said and done. Dog, they lost by fourteen. But Jimmy Buckets, um, you know, made made the big shots, and I'm like, yo, it's crazy because. Playing in Philadelphia last he made the big shots when they were needed, and he's still doing the same thing. It's like this dude. Yeah, that's, you know, that's his thing. He's carved out a little little reputation for himself as being a clutch performer. Um, and shout out to him. Last week, uh, he led the Miami Heat, the surprising Heat so far, to a three and one record. He averaged twenty seven and a half points, nine rebounds, eight and a half assists, and one point three steals. While on the other side of the docket, out west. Anthony Davis led the Lakers to a 4-0 week. Um, they still have the best record in the league. He averaged 35 points, 8 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 2 blocks per contest. So, you know, this season, like we talked about earlier in the show, Jimmy, these players are just still out here putting up these video game numbers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's been it's, – it's entertaining to see these individual performances, but I don't know if you noticed, it's been a lot of blowouts this season so far. Like you sit and try to watch a good game and somebody always getting smacked every night. But there's yeah, always man. a good individual performance somewhere in there to give you a consolation prize. So shout out to the Eastern and Western Conference Players of the Week, Jimmy Butler and the Brow, Anthony Davis. Yo, the, the Brow, man, it's funny because when the season started, AD started on slow, although they were winning. And it's like, I, I damn near forgot how good he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot that, you know, why it was a big deal for him to get there. That he's starting to, like, you know, find his, his rhythm and, 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 and get into his role. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He really is that dude. But yeah. anyway, man, salute to them brothers. Um, you know, let's talk about the Knicks, though, because the Knicks are back. They're back now because uh, they fired their head coach. There's a whole crazy yeah. story about how he got fired, um, which I don't even I don't even believe because <laughs> breaking Uh-oh. news, not that Uh-oh. important. But Al Horford will not play tonight um, due to knee soreness and his on, first trip back though. to Boston. How do you how you gonna go to how you gonna go back for the first time? You scared of them booze? Yo, he's scared think, of him. He must have saw how the Patriots fans were acting the other day and was like, I don't stand a chance. I am not playing tonight. Because didn't, didn't Barry do the same thing? <clears throat> right, right, right. So, like, damn, they, damn these fans got these dudes shook. 
I think but in bigger news, me being a 76ers fan, I'm like, come on, man. First, this is our arch rival. This is one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference that we're going to be battling with for position all season. You can't be out here looking like you you still playing for them. Like You can't look like you throwing games out here. He ops. Man, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I think that I don't I like how this looks. because I'm low-key joking, but I'm not joking. Like, it's gotten to the point where professional athletes are really trolls. Like, I think it's something to this. Like, with, like the, him and Kyrie probably talk like, yo, we're going to sit out these games. Because, I mean, everybody sits out these days. I, it, it's something to this, man. It's something to this. Yeah, you can't, but you can't manage your load against the team that you left. You got to go in there and take that. Jimmy Butler came to yo, Philly and took his medicine. Got booed every time he touched the ball. Yo, this is going to be Kawhi, worse Kawhi. because he left – Boston for one of their top two rivals of all time in the Sixers. And they had just, you know, everybody's hyping that rivalry back up for these recent years. Yeah. But you got to go in there and take that. The tipping point on load management or um, or as they, what I saw the other day, knee maintenance. Um, The tipping point is going to be on on Christmas. Kawhi sits out Christmas. What are they going to say though? They go, what are they going to say? Yo, straight face too. Yo, but what's it going to say in the box score? It's not going to say knee management. It's not going to say load management. It's going to say something like family management. Like, like it's Christmas. <laughs> he wanted to be home to open his presents or something like <laughs> gift management. Yo, come on, man. Why will I think he's. I think he's all about pushing the limits. Like he's all about flexing I, yo, his I power over the league. Did you see like on his on his championship ring that he just recently got? He got like a middle finger put on there or something. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Uh, which was a shot to Popovich and the Spurs. Yo, yeah. boys out here serving a bunch of troll house cookies, man. He just uh, it's crazy entertainment, man. Entertainment. And doesn't say yo, nothing Dennis, out his mouth. So he just he just talk. He speak with his actions. <laughs> Yo, Dennis Robin will flourish in 2019, but um, oh, hey. top star in the antics. league. Yeah, with all the antics. Think about it. Think about how big of a star he's become to the point where he is a household name that like my mother and aunts know who he is, and he for the most part was a rebounder. Right. You, when you really, when you really Jimmy, break down, Dennis Robin would have been tweeting from the bench. Yes. He Maybe not the bench. Have. He might have been tweeting from the scores table, like Dog, checking in. He might have been tweeting. He might have been tweeting while somebody was at the foul line. While he's in the game. <laughs> while he's in the game, like pulling out his sock or something. Dennis Rodman would have. Yeah, he he would definitely. That's what I'm first. saying. Like he, I don't know if anybody's ever leveraged like their their career that way. The ball was a rebounder. Like he was literally a rebounder, and somehow made himself a household name to the point where. I was meeting with world leaders. <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> yo. Marrying himself. But anyway. Throwing. Yeah, out of control. Anyway, man, but getting back to the Knicks, because, you know, we always enjoy talking about the Knicks because we get to bash them because they're pretty ass. Uh, David Fisdale was fired. Shout out to David Fisdale because he's sitting at home with his wife and, you know, spending Knicks money to do nothing. Um, so he might have had the best season out of anybody associated with that organization this year by getting fired. Right. Because they're a mess. They got 47 power forwards. Um, <clears throat> they can't play under pressure. The owner is ass cheek. We've got a burner account to defend himself on Twitter. And if, uh, according to if that source that we had was real, like 
Fisdale didn't enjoy any of those pickups, um, all those power forwards that they picked up. And he was just out there trying to do the best he could with what he had. Um, he goes away with them still being on the hook for like $15 million of his $22 million salary. So that that's that's good. You know, people say, you know, he gets to spend more time with his wife. Like, you know, let's be real. No matter how hot your wife is, you really don't want to – you don't want that to yeah. be the case. I, I, um, I know where you're going with that. But I we all say that because we all want to spend time – we always spend time with – no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. I mean, so, you know, you, you, you get your whole $22 million to go away. But at the same time, coaching is his livelihood. Like, we look at that and we kind of, you know, make – we got to get these jokes off. Like, yeah, he was the big winner. In this, he's going to get another job, though. It's, he's going to get another job. Yeah, but he's going to have to go back through the ranks again. I think his next That's job will too. be as an assistant somewhere. Um he don't got so, the complexion for the connection. Right, right. And he's been fired from two places in the last two two years. So it's going to be a little harder for him to get back on that, you know, that that part of the mountain. But if shoot, reading some of that transcript from the conversation between uh, himself and the general manager that we were reading the other day, he might not want to get back to that part of the mountain. He might, after mm-hmm. this job, just wish that he remained uh, um, an assistant somewhere. Because didn't he say somewhere in that conversation, like, man, I wish I was back in the video room. <laughs> the Knicks make you that depressed that <laughs> you want to so. go back to being the, the damn back. intern or something. The Knicks so. are back. Did you yeah, see the, the whole uh, thing back. about the uh, the owner, the owner having the um, burner Twitter account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, um, how you? Uh, first of all, the reason I believe that is because is who in their random, who's randomly a fan of him, where you get on there and all your tweets are saying positive things about the owner or retweeting right. somebody. Because you've never heard anybody say positive things about him. So Dog, that's, the, the whole Twitter, it doesn't even, like, everybody who tweets always tweets out something BS, like, once in a while. That's all this account is doing. So it's definitely him or somebody he hired. But their right. whole organization is a mess. The whole league that's is, culture like, now. You know, um, like, like, people look whole, appalled when other people get caught, but half of these people that look like that most likely have a burner account of their own to kind of defend themselves from time to time. Yo, that's crazy. the whole league that's is getting three-point shooters. And, and, and a bunch of athletic guys, and the Knicks said, "Yo, we gonna go a whole different direction. We gonna get a bunch of power forwards." Like, man, the Knicks said, "We gonna get whoever gonna sign with us." Every time there's a big free agent out there, and they have cap space, they hype it up like they have a chance at getting these people. And the Knicks are truly, truly gonna be back. And then they always end up with, you know, something less impressive. I mean, that happened before, and they ended up with. You know, instead of LeBron, they ended up with Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire, you know, he's never a bum by any means, but no. he had already had the knee problems by then, so you weren't landing a, as big a fish as you thought you were. And even with Amari Stoudemire, you know, even if he's healthy enough to be himself, it was going to fizzle out, and that's exactly what happened. Listen, because man. when he started with I'll the tell you one thing. he was hooping. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Amari, Amari always stood tall and, and he's talented, so I give him that. Yeah, bars. You know what I'm saying? But you know, the Knicks are a mess, man. The Knicks are a mess. Do you think there's any truth to that? I've heard some people say, some pundits say that people don't want to play for the owner. Because I've always thought about that. Like some of these players don't care who owns the team; they want to get a check. But do you think there's anything to that? Like yeah. where players just generally don't want to play for this ball? I, th- I think I think it it holds some some big weight. 
And it also, I think, it holds weight, like, because you know when they have it, you're going to get a bag from the Knicks. But who wants to go through what they have to go through with the media? That's true, too. Um, who has to go through the losing because of the incompetence of the owner? And even if you're good enough to to turn some of that around, you know, it's just no longer worth what they think it is. And like I said, that's why every time we come to this point, you know, the Knicks hype their fans up and they just swear that they're getting somebody and then they always walk away pretty much empty-handed. I mean, they they got people. Yo, they got people just because they had to sign somebody. But That video that um, I was talking about earlier, he pointed something out there that I never really thought about until he said it. And, you know, we, we always talk on the show about how basketball is the sport where one player can make the biggest difference on a team. But what he said was, look at the Dallas team if you take Luka off that team. That team right. is completely ass-cheeks. And I say that to say that it doesn't take a whole lot to turn a franchise around if you get the right person. But they don't seem to draft well. They don't right. – like, their whole they're, – they're just completely out of whack. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it, and it's a shame. I mean, it's one of those things. Um at this point, they're kind of like the Washington professional football team of the, of the NBA because a lot of people yeah. think that their fortunes will, will turn in the same scenario, meaning their fortunes will turn when the owner finally gets rid of the team. People say that about Washington, and people say that about the New York Knicks. So, If you've got one of these cash cows, especially one of these like cornerstone franchises, you ain't never selling. So, right, you know, right. That's what I'm saying. You know, money. Hand over fist, like getting way too much money in New York, and they're still getting a lot of money in Washington. So, and yep. being a rival go. fan of both of these teams, I hope they keep their teams forever. We don't have that much time left, but there's a couple things I want. Real quick though, um, mm-hmm. we joked about it earlier about the uh, the commissioner talking about a midseason tournament in the NBA. Is this a joke to you as well? Um. It is. The funny thing is, you know, on our social media platforms, you kind of take the, the temperature and the pulse of fans out there, and a lot of fans seem to think that it's a good idea. I don't know why. A lot of superstar players have already scoffed at it, laughed it off. Um, a lot of NBA teams, they're either owners or GMs or somebody came out and said um, something about it. Mark Cuban tweeted a couple of weeks ago. He said, in my humble opinion, Key reason I'm not for a 78-game schedule and a very competitive OTT environment. Our potential customers' greatest challenges are customer acquisition and retention. Longer season slash year-round NBA programming equals more sign-ups, less reason to churn, more value. So, and, and that's the thing they're talking about going down to a 78-game season, but during, like, the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday, run this tournament. I don't know how many rounds. I don't know, you know, what exactly it is. I'm pretty sure more details are out there. I just haven't seen them. Listen, man. But how are you selling less games if you're having a tournament? Like, the only people that's really going to have less games are the people that are trash in that midseason tournament. They lose in the first round. <laughs> you truly have listen, games, man. But if you're a good team, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a deeper, darker criminal link here, man. Because what's going on is this: <laughs> they, they keep they keep leaking all this stuff about having to change things because of ratings and this, that, and the third. That's because it's time for that CBA. 
So mm-hmm. I think this is something deeper than that. This is this is part yeah. of the conspiracy. He's just trying to find going stuff to do. Well, well, and and the thing, a lot of people like you. They ask like James Harden, and he's like, man, the only thing that's important out here is trying to get that NBA ring. So it's like nobody's gonna be taking this seriously. Like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if everybody low managed the whole thing and <laughs> you just let <laughs> you just let your bench go at it. What Kawhi, Kawhi called the Larry O B. Larry O'B. <laughs> Larry O'B. is all that they they Larry really worried O'B. about. Larry O'B. All about that Larry O'B. So so I heard anyway, they were man. trying to throw incentives out there, like the you know I don't know early draft pick, if not the first draft pick for the person who, for the team that wins this tournament. I think you still will get the same people who would have gotten early draft picks anyway, because the good teams who think they're in line for a Larry O'B. is not going to go play hard in some tournament that has nothing to do with their season. You know what I mean? Yo, I think so, I, extra I, I first think round pick. I don't know what it is, but I think the commission is trolling too. I think <laughs> the commission is trolling. Yeah, I heard the hint idea. So some, Instead, instead of that, when you had when you, when we get down to lottery teams, how many teams in the lottery? Thirteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Make the lottery teams make the lottery teams play in the tournament for their position as opposed to just putting it by ping pong balls. There you go. After Ooh, the, after the yeah. finals. Oh, that's the right. Cut the check. Cut the check, Silver. Cut the check. Anyway, man. Well, maybe it can't go after the finals. That's too close to the draft, but. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. During the finals, playoffs are still going on. You put them on NBA yeah. TV after all of them. There you go. There you yeah. go. Because by the time you get to a check. certain round, NBA TV has no more playoff games, and it's just the the, the big networks. Yo, so, put hey. it put it on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure you can get an amazing bag from Amazon. They have that digital content on Amazon, um, Amazon yeah. TV, and you know all the terrible teams play for their positions in the draft. There you go. Cut a check. Yo, we already yeah. talked really um, about Barkley and Shaq, and you know, so we ain't gotta really go through that. Other than to say that, Joel, man, yo, Mount Spaghetti moment, doggy. Now he got, he definitely, he definitely got to step it up even more now because he ain't got his fellow big down there. So you, you all we yep. got. Yeah, get it. Anyway, man, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, in the group chat. Salute to all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Special thanks to Gus Griffin for coming on and giving his investment picks. Tune in next week live right here on Demand. We're going to review NFL Week 15 and preview Week 16. Damn, the season was fast. And catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Catch all of our conversations, everything we do, all of our social media, our blogs, webcasts, network podcasts, at the hub. That's called warroomsports.com. Pick up my book, Sports to Book, at sportstobook.com or at the hub of warringsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we'll see you next time.
showtime like magic in the block push magic listen live push one to join in rip your team or listen for your enjoyment hip-hop dollars pit stop knowledge should be in sports credits i ain't talking college five guys no beef though four three secrets but the streets know Bellafani, I got a chief flow KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us War Room Sports Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.